I mean, we're not out of the first wave of lockdown yet here in uh, the UK, so the part where you guys have come out the other end of the first lockdown and then the second wave has now started is... Uh, just doesn't give you any faith for what's coming next, does it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, every, I mean, our, our performances was a couple of... Well, actually, one, two or three performances, uh, or no, four, are postponed to October, November, and December. But as many people assume, Corona will be uh, having its another wave in, in when the winter is coming. Hello? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. hearing you. I'm just so in I'm, sort of silent shock around. Uh, yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about things we are doing now because we are rehearsing but we are not really sure and also the well, actually everybody is helpless now right so i cannot complain that's that's the crucial part Bonjour tout le monde and welcome back to Passport People, the podcast where we talk to people about the places that matter to them. I'm your host Finn and today joining me all the way from the other side of the world, it is brilliant theatre and film professional, it's Yena. Hi Yena. Hi, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Yana, tell us a bit about you. You know, I think this is the, the most uh, difficult questions to talk about yourself. Especially in these days, I'm wondering who am I, what am I doing and everything. <laughs> well, I just, I'm, I'm just Yana. I'm just trying to survive with my <laughs> dreams. Actually, it's not me trying to survive, it's my dream, which are trying to survive uh, in this pandemic situation. I do storytelling, I do, I do, I direct theater and very rarely films, but, you know, after Corona, I'm forced to do a lot, a lot of more uh, film material than stage material. Uh, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, ev yeah, everybody working in the arts now is going to have to do about five different jobs after this whole thing is done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, where are you from, Yana? Uh, I'm from Korea, Seoul, but I studied in Germany and I also grew up in Munich when I was very little because my parents studied in Munich and in Berlin. I studied in Berlin. So Korean with German uh, spirit. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> this is also one of the questions I tell. I can't answer to say who am I. You know, <laughs> sometimes I feel like Korean. Sometimes I feel like non-Korean. 
but I suppose Germans would say no, you're Korean, and Korean would say no, you're German. Yeah, so I feel I, you. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> so I chose uh, to be a tourist for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I can be everywhere. Ah, uh, Yana, you're definitely not alone on that one. <laughs> And Super, we are together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, where are we talking about today? Ah, uh, this is Chapchogu. I wonder if you hear all the noise of the cars because I'm walking. Oh, okay. That explains that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't disturb too much. I can also find a quiet place. But I mean, I the quieter the better, well. definitely, but it does give an authentic experience of uh, <laughs> the Sochugu atmosphere. Busy, noisy city, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right, let's get to it. So, for those of us like me, who have never been to Seoul, where exactly is Sochogu? Uh, Sochogu is... Ooh, it's actually in Gangnam area, which is famous because of size stone. <laughs> Gangnam style. Ooh, I wondered how long it was going to yeah. be before we got Sai into this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Seoul is uh, divided into half. You know, Korea is divided into half between North Korea and South Korea. Uh -huh. And Seoul is also divided into half. North Seoul and South Seoul. And Kang means the river, the Han River. And Gangnam uh, means that it's, how do you say, under the river. So the southern area from the river. Oh. And Kang oh. is the northern Oh. oh, that's so quite interesting. Well, it does to you, but for someone like me who just had no idea about Seoul or about the Korean language in general, exactly. that's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> Gangnam is just uh, under the river. Under the river, wow. Yeah. That's going to make me think about that song in a whole nother light now. <laughs> And why have you chosen to talk about Sochogu today? Uh, because this is the place I'm living in now. That's as good as... I used to live, I used to live in, in, uh, near the Seoul main station and also Pangamon, which is the northern part of the, the river. And like one and a half or about two years ago, I moved to this Gangnam area, the Sochogu. It's not actually the song is referring to the Gangnam Station because there is the Gangnam Station or the area around the Gangnam Station. I think actually I don't know the song very well. <laughs> 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 I was I was in Germany when this song was hit and I listened with the Germans. <laughs> so, oh sorry, goodness you me! The wrong person. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about the song later. But um, let's start with what your first memories were of this area. So when did you first move to the area? Uh, 
yeah, as I said, it was one and a half years ago or maybe two. And the first time when I moved here, you know, the thing is, mm, I'm very cautious about saying this because maybe not all the Koreans think like that. But when I was young, I was living in the Gangnam area. I mean, southern part of the river. And I had prejudice about the northern <laughs> part of Seoul. <laughs> we, were, we were, you know, making fun of the northern part of Seoul. And um, so I, and uh, when my parents moved to the northern part of Seoul, I was very dissatisfied. But when I came back, I lived uh, in the northern part of Seoul. And I felt like this is very, very much my personal feeling. But I felt like the northern part of river has much more culture and uh, not so capitalistic as the Gangnam area, the southern part. And when I moved to the Gangnam area, this is such a good place, I felt like, how to say, I, I, I was dropped in the middle of capitalism, but mm -hmm. a very cheap capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I um, how do you say, I, I do, I, I am aware of that, me living in a capitalistic society, and I'm not denying it. I'm not really very socialist or something. But capitalism has also its many layers, right? Yeah. And uh, when I was here, the first impression was, gee, I'm in the, in the core of capitalism, which I don't found very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a little bit about what exactly you say the feeling of cheap capitalism is that in terms of the the shops is that in terms of the advertisements uh what what both, both, gives both. that feeling it, it, um as i said um i am aware of me living in a capitalistic society but this is for me just an economic term but when i say cheap capitalism is where all the money issues comes over to the humanism or uh, so money comes before a human being so for example but now I cannot say it's really the, the fact I have to say this first because now I'm getting to know my area better and I see points where it's not uh, as I imagined before but for example, let's talk about a, a cafe. When I was in the northern part, there were many small, cute, little cafes driven by a um, person, you know, mm -hmm. who, who uh, puts their love and, I don't know, uh, hope and, well, maybe also some, somebody who really likes to make really good coffee. Here in my area, I only found Starbucks, Coffee Bean, all the, the chain, brands. chain yeah. exactly the brands, and uh, and also restaurants or like that. It was it seemed to me they are just built to make money, not to provide food or not to 
have fun <laughs> providing food, you know? Absolutely. And this was my... And everywhere are constructions, there are many, many cars, and and uh, the, the restaurants are always filled in certain hours, and other uh, part of the time it's empty, because this is a very big area where all the offices are working. So only in the office hour where those people go to lunch or dinner or have drinks, it's very filled. But uh, other times it's empty and Mm, and I don't know how to say it, the vibes as well. Right. Uh, there, there are also lots of bars, but I, I, it didn't feel like people really enjoying drinking. But it was like, uh, how to say, um, wash, washing away their frustrations. But I admit it's all, all because of my prejudice, probably. But I had the impression at the beginning. I don't necessarily think that's prejudice. I mean, again, we've we've had a number of different conversations on Passport People about different places in the world, and gentrification mm -hmm. is something that is very, very real. And this idea of international companies and brands coming in and offering something that is accessible and that people know, but that may not necessarily be as, as high quality, is, is, you know, very representative of something that's going on all over the world. I'm just curious yeah. as to... Uh, again, someone who's never been to Seoul here, would you say that that sort of neighborhood and that sort of uh, vibe in terms of the cafes and the bars, do you think that is what most of Seoul is like or do you think most of Seoul is, is the opposite, as you were sort of saying before? Uh, I think really Seoul has the very big, uh, huge difference between those two. It has both as many big con big cities, I suppose, but uh, Seoul has part where it's very, uh, very romantic still. <laughs> In some places where has the, where it's hit by the gentrification, which means it has been developed with very interesting artistic culture and also sub subculture, oh, the cafes and bars as well, but suddenly, it's rushed by the money, the, the finance, and then it has become uh, empty now. And, but the Gangnam area, it has been always a capitalistic area. So I think Sakchagu is not hit by a gentrification or something But uh, Seoul has its places, very different faces. That's very interesting, and I guess this next question sort of follows off of that. Um, as, as however you define this question, is Suchagu an international neighbourhood? Uh, you know, this question I read before as well, I can't tell, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I really don't know. I, I think maybe not. You know, because there's very international area in Seoul, like Itaewon. And I, I, I go there very often because many friends of mine are there, and also I live a little bit close to the Itaewon area. Compared to there, here it's not very international, 
But on the other hand, when you talk about international brands, there are heaps of them here. Right. I guess. International, I don't know. I don't think so. I guess that's interesting. Well, maybe I just don't know. Well, I guess it's interesting. I mean, again, I, I don't, in many ways, when I first wrote the question down, I wasn't sure exactly what I was asking, because in many ways, what defines an international neighborhood? <laughs> you know, is it is it made up based on the people who live there and the, and the diversity of the people uh, who you interact with? Or is it to do uh, with the mindsets of yeah. the people there who might be locals? I mean, again, it's it's difficult. I guess what you're describing is sort of international by capitalists, you know, international by virtue of different brands coming in and, and making the area their own and yeah. accessible to the locals, as opposed to it being a place where uh, sort of groups of immigrants from different places have come in and taken it over, so to speak. Or actually, when I... Think, say, think now, there are two things. One thing is, I don't really meet people here. So I have no idea who my neighborhoods are. <laughs> this is the one thing. I never talk to them. <laughs> On the other hand, uh, what I know is many people who are living here, probably they have, many of them have been to abroad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I I'm quite curious about what you're talking about when you say that you've never you've not really uh, met or interacted with many people in your neighborhood. Is that something that is by choice or there's just never been a convenient time or is that a, an attitude thing? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think one of the reasons is because I don't really work here. Right. I just sleep here and, you know, as my work doesn't provide a lot of private time, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really often in my neighborhood. It's only night time and morning time. Morning time, I'm at home preparing to go out. And night time, I'm just walking or running just by myself. I don't meet any of them. And I don't have friends in my neighborhood. This is the one reason. And another reason is, yeah, indeed. It's one of sort of the attitude. Also, when I am in an elevator, I don't greet with the people who are together in this elevator. Uh, the apartment I was living before in the northern part of the <laughs> Riverside, we had a lot of uh, international people in this apartment and I realized the, the difference when Korean people are only in this elevator nobody say hello to anybody but when international people are in the elevator we usually say hello to each other and it's also sometimes when me and one another Korean and one international comes in this person says hello, and it's only me who's answering hello. And other, other person is like, uh, uh, okay. And just, you know, <laughs> nodding with the head or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an attitude. But it's probably not only for all the Koreans. There are some locals who 
are more friendly to each other, but not my neighborhood. It's too cheap capitalism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting to hear that because, and again, please forgive the stereotype, but I think there are a lot of people from outside of Korea who think of Koreans in general as being quite smiley, quite happy, quite uh, willing to have a conversation. I mean, certainly from everything that I know about you, Yana, you're you're very upbeat and you're very positive and, you know, you never shy away from uh, talking about different types of things. And it's, it's interesting to think about the way that that's not something that translates down to how people interact between each other. Maybe, yeah. This is also interesting for me to realize this by saying it. <laughs> but as I said, it's, it's, not, it's maybe just a couple of areas in Korea who is more like this. Well, My area is really specific. Spe- special? <laughs> I think. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it. I mean, again, we'll, we'll pick out a little bit more slightly later on, but I want to talk a little bit more about you. Um, You do an amazing amount of work in the arts. You've already talked about the fact that you don't uh, work in this area. You mainly, this is your your area to live in. But as somebody who does do a lot of work and does know the art scene uh, of Korea and of other places very well, would you describe Sochugu as an artistic area? Our artistic area, I I can't really say, but Sochoku has the art center, uh, which is very big, and also some galleries, which is quite uh, how to say. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, it has oh, it has a yeah. My area. So sorry. Can we start again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's, fine. It's, I, uh, I was thinking about artistic as, you know, as a habit. I started from theater, then to painting. <laughs> so I was a little bit uh, not sure about saying this is an artistic area. But in fact, we have this art center in Sochogu. I mean, five minutes foot, dis- foot distance from me. And there are lots of lots of musicians or students who are playing music and many little shops who are repairing or selling instruments so i can i think i can say it's a it's kind of artistic area but i don't know how is it in uk or in other countries but in korea classic music is a very mm, not art (laughs) i mean you have to be rich to do that so it's a different artistic area than in whom there were some other persons who, where are many artists who are really struggling to survive. And yeah, here they are playing violin or cello or flute or accordion, whatever. There are artists, artists, but more musicians, classic musicians. That's quite interesting. It's. It's almost questioning the line between what is necessarily artistic versus what is necessarily yeah, yeah. creative. Yeah, yeah. And where those two things interact with each other. Um, to understand a little bit more about that, let's talk about that the art centre you mentioned before. 
what exactly goes on at a sort of big art center in well the let's talk about the big art center in Sochugu. Yeah, that, it's uh, called Yesura Santa. I don't know the English name, but it's art center and it has two parts. One is where they do theater, musical, opera, and big plastic concerts. And also they have a small venue. But also another very important half is the traditional music art center. So it's mainly used as a space for presenting art as opposed to a space for teaching it? Uh, there's also a school in it, the Korean Art Center. One of the how to say the faculty is uh, placed in this art center. This is for dance. Maybe also for traditional music. That part I have no idea actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, you know, but you know more about the the sort of present presentation stuff than you do about the the teaching side of it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mentioned a lot about the north and south of the river divide you've talked about uh, how you live how you've lived on both sides of the river in your time in Seoul um, can you talk a little bit more about exactly what it is that feels different between the north side of the Han River and the south side of the Han River I'm so ashamed that I have such a no idea but <laughs> um, from that what I know is in the northern part of the area, it's more the main, it has been more the main area of Seoul uh, from wh when Seoul has had a dynasty. So all the palaces are also in Korea. So to protect the area of the palaces, I suppose it has been maybe less developed than the Gangnam area, which started with a capitalism, capitalistic ideas. I think this could be one of the reasons. It sounds to me a little bit like it's this almost divide that's going on in this area between, well, in Seoul in general, between the traditional and the sort of the old uh, way of life and doing things, and then what's considered the, the new up-and-coming capitalist mm -hmm. mode yeah. of doing things. And Sochi exactly. Group feels like it so, represents something very specific within that. Yeah, yeah. But when you talk about rich, you cannot really tell which area is more richer because there are very rich areas in the northern part of Seoul as well. As well as maybe also poor side in Gangnam area. Actually, I don't know Gangnam area. Because when I... It's... You know, when I say talk about the northern side and the southern side, I think I'm living out of, I'm not talking about the whole northern part, you know? Right. I'm talking about the very specific area of the northern part, which, uh, which seems to be representative for me. 
And for Gangnam area, I'm also talking about a part in Gangnam area. And right. also about the local thing, because um, I wanted to tell you that I told you that I didn't like this my area so much at the beginning. But at some point, I started to walk a lot in my area to go for a walk. You know, I used to live close to the Han River or close to the Namsan Mountain. So I had very wonderful uh, way, uh, uh, ways to, to do promenade. But here, it was all, all buildings and all streets. So I didn't like to walk a lot. But then I realized by walking, I really started walking and um, searching. I found very many interesting places here, you know, and I, I, I found that here, maybe it's much more local than the northern part of Seoul I've been living, because here are the towns uh, have still remained. Right. So beyond the buildings, which is built rapidly, they have, what is it, con uh, preserved their own living spaces. This was very interesting for me to discover. And do you think that's something that in Seoul in general that people are supportive of and that they want to see uh, the older districts of the city hang on to their traditional roots and their traditional living spaces and buildings? Or do you think there's more of a sense that in order for the city to be dynamic and modern and up-to-date and moving with the rest of the world, that it needs to be slightly more modern, that it needs to be slightly more capitalist, like Sochugu? I think, I think uh, many people like to have to preserve and uh, keep the nice places. But the power of the capitalism is much more stronger. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think people want to keep their areas, but it's always the big companies who are emptying the small districts and build new things. And uh, in Seoul, the gentrification issue is quite quite big because there are many, many, many places which is hot for a couple of years, and then dead. And it's jumping from the west side, the central side, northern side, down to uh, the Gangnam area. Gangnam area also had a very big area where all the young people were uh, coming together and artists and everything. People wanted to come to the one uh, uh, one area in Gangnam, but now it's empty. Gangnam Station, with, which is in this song, <laughs> is not so popular anymore. Why is that exactly? I see this as the process of the gentrification. And, you know, I've been living in Berlin for long, for quite long. In Berlin, the gentrification thing, I don't know if I can really call that way, it's very developing slowly. 
but in Seoul, it's very rapid. That uh, because of the uh, Instagram, I think, because people like to take picture of this area, and everybody comes to this place, and at some point, big companies come here, the money comes here, so the nice cafes will close, and you know, go away, and then they find another place to make it hot. It's just very interesting because I think myself, like many people perhaps listening to this, uh, watched Parasite not that long ago. And uh. it's so interesting to hear the way that you talk about this because it, in many ways it feels like that film was very representative of this struggle, not just in terms of people who are wealthy versus people who are poor, but also in terms of, uh, you know traditional areas versus modern built-up areas. Um, mm -hmm. This sense of a traditional Korea as, as you know, can be described as Korean versus a Korea that is slightly more embracing of the West and of America and of uh, mm -hmm. different cultures because Korea needs to be connected to that in order for it to succeed and be viewed positively on the international scale and it's interesting to see the to listen to you talk about the way that that gentrification has happened very quickly because yeah. it almost feels like Seoul is heading headfirst very very quickly into into discovering something and it feels like at yeah. some point either people are going to realize that they're really really happy with it or that they're really, really angry about it. And then surely something has to happen from that. But it's interesting. So you talk about that that cheap capitalism and you talk about the brands and we've talked about everything that we've talked about around gentrification. Is there anything about Sochogu that you feel keeps hold of the traditional roots? that there's anything in that area that, that vaguely tries to connect with the past and what it means to be there? Or do you think it's it's completely been taken over and that it's completely unrecognisable from what it used to be? Um, I think if you want to prepare it with like hundreds of years ago, it's difficult because such a girl, <laughs> such a girl doesn't have uh remains from 100 or 200 years ago but what i found very interesting and what i like now is Sochoku has been quietly developed its own atmosphere which is not very nice at first sight because it's either very traditional nor very high modern and very fancy but uh, the small streets with trees and old apartments which are remaining in the same place. Uh, this is maybe uh, a good thing about in Sochogu. One of the reasons probably is also because this is, it's uh, maybe not the rich area, but an okay area, you know? Right. So they're they're not hit by the rush of the new capitalism, who, which are like 
storm brushing everything out, it can be remained as they were like 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I think this has ex this has made uh, kept kept their own value. And how do you feel people in such a good feel about it? I mean, your your feelings on this subject are obviously very very clear. Um, we've kind of been given us a, a little image of what people in Sochugo are really like to interact with to a certain extent. Do you think that there are a lot of people in your area who are quite frustrated by the fact that this is happening and quite frustrated by the fact that all of this is going on so quickly? Or do you think actually no. most people like being able to have a nice house they like being able to get it at an affordable price. They like the fact that they can go downstairs and there's a Starbucks or, I don't know, a McDonald's or whatever. And that actually I, they're quite happy with that happening. I think the, the, they are quite, I, it's only my opinion, but I think they're quite happy about this area. As I told you before, this such area is specifically, I don't see this as, as a very quick growing part of Seoul. It has been it has been remained as an okay place, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so here is no no gentrification happening. The art culture is uh, focused not really focused, but also being this art center as a theater company, it's a very big thing because this is a very nice venue. It's not very experimental, though. They're showing operas and really, how to say, pompous theater plays. So this is this is not really an, a, a gentrified area. They're, I think they're happy with it. Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> it's more more local people here, I think, who has been living here and has. Yeah, living in apartments since years. So this place is not so quickly changed because it's different than the Gangnam area, right? Gangnam station area. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because we've uh, referenced it so many times. As you say, uh -huh. Sochogu is part of the greater Gangnam area. Um, yeah. And, you know, many of the people listening will remember Gangnam style. Um, certainly for me in the UK, it's quite special because not only did I had I never been to Seoul and I have no idea about what Gangnam is, but it was crazy to see a Korean pop song be Aww. as popular as it was in the UK, in France, in Germany. I mean, the, the song was everywhere. I'm interested... I'm interested in two things. One, I'm interested in how it was sort of received in Korea when this song became an international success. And I appreciate that you were in Germany at the time, but I'm sure you would have heard stories. And then also you talk about how nowadays there aren't so many people who are living in that area. And I'm, I'm interested as to, I'm interested into how that can be the case given how famous the area is. But let's start with the first part of the question. Uh... No, really. I was in Germany. I I didn't know. I I knew very later that Gangnam style was so popular <laughs> in the Western society. 
And everybody was, was talking to me, oh, you're from Korea, hey, Gangnam Style. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I had no idea what it is. <laughs> but it was interesting for me because everybody was talking to me like in Gangnam Style and are you living in Gangnam? And, and I, at that time I said, no, I hate Gangnam, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because I had my prejudice that Gangnam is the cheap capitalist <laughs> so I was like no I'm not living there I'm living there when you're uh, yeah but uh, and now I, I don't mean that no people are living in Gangnam around the Gangnam station there are heaps of people still there are very very many people coming walking walking by uh, coming and going but it's not not a place for to go out for maybe for the very young people i don't know because i'm old now but <laughs> area is, i think it's one of the weird gentrification happens you know because at that when i was also young <laughs> Gangnam station at that area i was going out a lot in Gangnam area as i told you i was also uh, grew up, I, I, I grew up in Gangnam area, so it was a quite lively place. I know that still people are going there because going out there to have drinks or something, but it's similar to my area because there are many, many offices, you know. Right. Also, and Gangnam area has many offices, and as we are very, I, I think you are aware of it as well. But Korean people are very famous that they work very late. <laughs> and after work, they have their drinks around their offices, I suppose. So this area is still very crowded. But it's not as popular as anymore. It's not, uh, people, it's not a place where many people love, adore, you know? It's not as trendy like, as it used to be. Exactly. Um, uh, sorry, go. Yeah, exactly. It's not trendy anymore. Um, is such a good beautiful? Oh, uh, yeah. Now I think yes. When you have, uh, when you have asked this question like a year ago, I would say no, it's so ugly. But now I'm finding, I'm discovering very nice places, quiet places with many trees and many small gardens, which I didn't find in, find in, nor in northern of Seoul, because it was given already when I was in northern of Seoul. And also I found a mountain here, <laughs> which has become my friend. <laughs> so I think, yes, it is beautiful. And also the art center, I go there very often at night because there are no people anymore and it's big, huge and quiet. I like it. <laughs> That's nice. Um, what does the future hold for Sochugu? Mm, I think, ah, you know, uh, this area, uh, this is a small joke, but uh, we had uh, the election couple of months ago and in Korea the conservatives are now pink and the other 
part as the more, how to say, the progressive part, uh -huh. a blue. And since the new president is here, uh, Seoul is mostly blue-ish, mm -hmm. but of course not Sochogu. Sochogu was the pink area <laughs> alongside the Gangnam area. We are the two pink points in Seoul. So, which means here it's very conservative. It's very, um, how do you say, um, how do you say? It's very stable. Right. Very stable for people who has, who in, for the middle, middle part, you know. It's maybe not the richest area in Korea, but for those people who are middle, upper, upper middle class, it's a very stable area. I don't think Sachuko will develop so much more, nor it will be very, how to say, uh, how to say, collapse at some point. Mm -hmm. I think it will stay stable, not very dynamic, even though the the people would say, oh, let's make, let's develop Sachuko. But I think it will stay stable, calm, rich, not richer, but not poorer, more poor. This is my opinion. <laughs> so in a way... And I want to move out. So I was just going to ask this, because I normally ask people um, who don't live in the place they choose to talk about, uh, would they move to that place? But it's interesting to hear that you would actually leave this place. Are you, yeah. is that something that you're planning on doing quite soon? No, if I had money, I'm gonna move out. Okay, okay, this makes yeah. sense. This makes sense more and more. Um, For at the moment, I'm happy because since I moved here, I got invited by the art center. Probably not the reason because I moved in here, but still. It's nice to, because of Corona, it didn't, uh, it didn't work out so well, but uh, soon I will be going to work for the first time in my life in five minutes working distance. Wow. So long, I'm going to live here. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And lastly, for people who do make the journey over to Sochogu, what is the thing to do there that is the ultimate uh, experience of Sochogu? Unfortunately, I really can recommend walking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found, I discovered a couple of nice streets I want to take this person who will ever come here and also I'm trying to visit the art center it's quite nice it has nice exhibitions nice concerts but also quite expensive tickets but not actually really walking I would recommend to go to the mountains or to the small streets the bridge to walk <laughs> take every take everything in through the senses hmm? just enjoy the sensory experience of the area yeah yeah just go walking <laughs> <laughs>
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Yena, um, for coming in and talking to us on Passport People. Now is your opportunity to plug your wonderful work and to uh, tell people who are interested in getting to know more about you about where they can find you. I'm very bad with the social networking. <laughs> <but> <laughs> we, I have this theater company, Studio Nanadashi. It's N-A-N-A-D-A-S-H-I-I, because na means in Korea. It's me and me again. Well, actually, me and me apostrophe. <laughs> so it has two I at the end. And we're doing theater, music videos, short films, long films, storytelling, movement theater, and everything. You have your digital yeah. Kunst Festival as well. Tell people about that. Yeah, it's the Quarantine Kunst Party 2020. There are international artists cooperating in a relay. One part is writing a script together in different languages. The second part is to um, act part in their language like a living room theater and the third part is the real art relay inspired by the artwork of the person before they're gonna make their own art and we are trying to make the whole thing into a ebook so when it comes out maybe you can have a glimpse on it that's fantastic. And how can people find out more about what's been created so far? I think uh, the best way is at the moment to go to the Kleinkunst Party Facebook page or Instagram or WordPress. It's Klein means in German small, <laughs> which is not small, so small now. <laughs> <laughs> Klein, K K L E I N. K-U-N-S-T party. Fantastic. And we will leave links uh, back up in the description of the podcast for you to check out and listen to. Um, Thank you so much again, Yena. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Passport People. We will be back next week talking to somebody else from another awesome part of the world. Until then, from Yena and I, goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Passport People. The music was by Harry Bongo, and the cover art was by Maya Pires. Learn more about us by visiting our Island Life Productions Facebook page, or by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com.